Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone Oh, the times they are changing Good morning and thanks so much for joining us. Tuesday morning, February break for the kids, so they're off school for the week and the weather is going to cooperate. No doubt, lots of outdoor activity. Maybe you're going to head on a bit of a road trip for part of the week or all of the week. This gives us a chance to reconnect with kids, with family, don't have the hustle and bustle of school and everything that comes with that. And so a week like this sometimes can be a great time to reconnect in lots of different ways, have conversations about things you might not normally get a chance to have conversations about. And one of those things is, and this is something that we've been talking a bit about when it comes to hockey and some of the recent activity that has been less than positive with five former Canadian world junior players charged with sexual assault. What does that mean for, for your child? If maybe their NHL hero is going on trial for hurting someone takes it outside of the context of the game itself, the game that so many of us love. I think about hockey. I mean, it's such an important part of the culture of Canada. I was, you know, raised in Saskatchewan, played hockey, spent a lot of time around it. I refed hockey for many years So it becomes a big part of your life. And it seems like every conversation, you want to talk about small talk in in Saskatchewan, it's likely the weather and hockey. And that's what people talk about. But is is there an underside to this that we don't talk about? And what does that look like? You know, people like Carter Hart, Cal Foote, Dylan Dubay, NHL stars. And there's lots of kids out there who have jerseys with those names on their back. And now those players are three of five that are charged with sexual assault. And so what do you say to your son or daughter and how do you have that conversation? It can be tricky. It can be very tricky for sure, which is why my next guest is someone I'm happy to have join me. Dr. Ariel Delphin is here. She is a psychiatrist and founder of the Better Bria Clinic, also assistant professor of psychiatry at the University of Toronto. And she joins me live this morning. Dr. Delphin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Good morning. I appreciate you being here. So this topic about, you know, the culture of hockey, I mean, we we recently are seeing this manifest itself with these five players charged with sexual assault. Is this something that is is unique, you think, to hockey, or is it a sport issue, or is it reflective generally of society and, and some of the changes that we're seeing across our country? Well, unfortunately, I don't think it's just really related to hockey. Um, We know that in Canada, um, uh, childhood abuse, sexual abuse, sexual assault is not uncommon, unfortunately. I think um, the numbers are about 3 in 10 young kids experience some type of abuse, maybe, um, maybe less experience sexual abuse, but it happens. And it is, it is widespread and something extremely important for us to be talking about. I think we're paying a little bit closer attention now because you, you said in your opening remarks that we are a culture, a nation that is hockey crazy and that is, that loves hockey and loves the players. And so when bad things happen in something that we love, we tend to perk up and pay a little bit of closer attention. But I think this really highlights the discussion that we need to have all around in 
Canada to really protect our kids, our teens, our young, our young people across the board. Dr. Ariel Delphin is my guest this morning who uh, teaches psychiatry at the University of Toronto, also runs a clinic, a psychiatrist and founder of the Better Bria Clinic. So I'm curious, doctor, if you've, you know, if you've got a person that comes to talk to you that says, look, my son uh, is, you know, one of these many children who wear a jersey with Carter Hart's name on the back of it, and now Carter Hart has taken a leave from hockey, is up on sexual assault charges. How do you how do you broach those conversations? How do you have those conversations with children? Well, I think if your child is coming to you and they're they're a beloved fan of one of these uh, one of these hockey players, I think um, you've got to take your cue from your child. And it really depends on what the age of a child is. So for a very young child, you kind of want to ask them, okay, what have you heard about this? What do you already know? And you want to start with some really basic things. Um, And if the child is particularly young, and I want to say like 10 and under generally, you want to, first of all, give the child um, a little to hear what they say. Say, what have you heard about this? And then you want to answer their questions and say, you know what? Even though you love this player, um, they're a great hockey player, um, they've done something that's not okay. And it's never, uh, it's never okay to hurt people. It's never okay to hurt women. And even though you love this player, their behavior is... Um, their behavior is really bad, and it is uh, something important to be aware of. You want to teach children also that if something similar happens to them, and you can say things in very broad strokes, saying he did something to a woman um, in a very inappropriate way, it's potentially illegal, and it's, it's dangerous, and he hurt her. You can use very broad strokes, um, allegedly, again. And you want to say something like, it's never okay for someone to do that to anybody else. And if anybody ever does that to you, you need to tell an adult. So you you want to let them know that, A, what happened, and then, B, what they should do if something like that happens, and that they're always um, encouraged to, to speak up. You also want to say to them that they are safe. This is not something that happens to all kids. And this is not something where they are going to be at risk themselves. Because for little kids, their minds can wander and they don't really understand. So you want to paint the picture for them to let them know that they are okay and they are safe. But that if they are worried and if they are concerned, you are always there for them. You will listen to them. You will acknowledge what happened to them. And they can speak to you. And, again, this is not a one-and-done conversation. It may be a conversation that happens over time, and there may be many layers to it. And you want to say, you know, this is a lot to take in and a lot to process. If you want to think about it, if you have questions about it, you come and ask me those questions anytime. Then what you want to do, especially for younger kids, if they don't fully understand and they're upset, you want to really monitor their behavior. Because often in in little kids, their behavior can, can reflect what they're feeling and if they're feeling off. Um, so they're eating, they're sleeping. If those seem to be disrupted, you want to pay a little bit of closer attention. Maybe that means they're extremely worried about this happening to them. Maybe something like this has happened to them. So you want to be open for them to come and talk to you. 
and you want to be monitoring them pretty closely. Psychiatrists, have- sorry, I was just uh, just going to reset there. Psychiatrist Ariel Delphin, who is a uh, runs and founds and runs the Better Bria Clinic, also a doctor of psychiatry, working at the University of Toronto. Do you think, doctor, that female hockey and the rise of female hockey in our country we're now seeing the professional women's hockey league is that does that help the culture the fact that we're seeing this surge recently i think it's awesome and i think it's amazing i think it's slightly a separate issue i hate to say it because these things can happen in women's hockey too i think it's amazing that um the pwhl is taking off that it's been really really popular But I do think the bottom line is we want to arm all our kids, whether they're boys, whether they're girls, whether they're anyone, that it's never okay to be hurt. It's never okay to be touched against their will. And I think we want to arm all our kids and inform them about about any kind of physical or sexual assault by a coach, by a teammate, by a parent coach, um, someone else on the bench, someone who's promising them great things in hockey. Um, we want to let our kids know that it's never okay. If they're promised they're going to go far or make a team and an adult is hurting them, regardless of whether they're boys, whether they're girls, whatever level they're at, I think we need to do some work to arm our kids with the words, arm our kids with a culture of safety, and arm our kids with a culture of speaking up and have policies and guidelines in place um, in the hockey organizations, in provincial hockey organizations, Hockey Canada, etc. So, yes, I love the PWHL, and I'm thrilled about the uh, the popularity of it, and the players are speaking up, and they're amazing, powerful people, um, giving girls great role models. But I still think we need to do our homework as adults and um, in hockey organizations to make sure that kids are safe. You know, period. A lot of that, the things that you were talking about, Dr. Delphin, there are really, those are, those are day to day basic things that I think we teach or should be teaching and talking to our children about, not just about hockey, but about life, about school, about, you know, when they get into the workplace, it doesn't matter. Is there something about hockey? When, when you and I are done talking, I'm going to open this up and have a conversation with, with listeners asking the question, do you think hockey in Canada needs a culture change? Is there something about, hockey and particularly you know it could be any sport that that almost makes it tough for those basic principles that you've been taught at home that doesn't break through a barrier there well i think you know this gets back to a point that you made earlier on i think yes because we look up to hockey players we revere the sport we love the sport and it has a whole celebrity culture that is untouchable hockey players are untouchable Board is untouchable, and we so revere these players that sometimes this happens in celebrity culture, and I think hockey's included in that in our country, um, that they're untouchable because um, we look up to them, we think they can do no wrong, we don't want them to do any wrong, um, and but really nobody is above the law, not hockey players, not any coaches, and so we need to... Um, include hockey players in the basic rules and laws of our country. And they should not get away with things like injuring and assaulting women regardless, period, just like no celebrity should. 
and um, hockey has that celebrity status, as do many hockey players. Is there a way, that we're just about out of time here, Doctor, but is there a way that we can achieve both? Is there a way that Canada can still love hockey and embrace hockey the way we always have and ensure that there's a healthy culture attached to it? A hundred percent. We have to start young. We have to start with teaching our kids that it's never okay, regardless of who the person is, um, who is doing bad things. And hockey players are not above the law. No hockey organization is above the law. And we have to start teaching our kids, teaching our coaches, and teaching our kids to speak up and to arm themselves with knowledge and um, to, to really have that diffused among the whole culture of Canada and among all of hockey culture, starting at a very young age. Dr. Delphin, this has been great. I appreciate you joining me this morning. Thank you so much. Dr. Ariel Delphin, my guest this morning, who is a psychiatrist, founder of the Better Bria Clinic, has done work at Mount Sinai Hospital and currently assistant professor of psychiatry at the University of Toronto. And we're talking about hockey and hockey culture. We are going to take a break, but when we come back for the next little bit, we're going to open up the phone lines and the text lines, and uh, you and I will continue this conversation. I love the sport of hockey. I have been a lifelong NHL fan as long as I can remember. You've heard about my (laughs) unhealthy obsession with the New York Islanders. I continue to make hockey a big part of my life. Is there room, though, for a discussion about culture change in hockey? I assume many people who are listening and involved in this conversation today have kids that are just starting to play the game. Maybe you've been involved at a high level through the sport. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how it's evolved and what's changed. The question is, do you think hockey in Canada needs a culture change? one 332 8255 Your thoughts when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Having a good conversation this morning about hockey and whether or not there's a culture problem in the sport of hockey. And already the texts are pouring in. And there's there's a bit of a divide that's happening between hockey as we see it unfolding in our province and Hockey Canada, for example, the national more elite levels of hockey and what happens when you know our children transform into more elite hockey and the protections that come there. So we had a conversation this morning with Dr. Ariel Delphin, who is in psychiatry work. She teaches at the University of Toronto. She has her own clinic that she runs. And we talked about, you know, the culture of hockey. And is that really indicative of just the sport of hockey? Is this sports in general? Is there a problem? And that's what we're throwing out and, and asking you to weigh in on at one 332 8255 A text here, for example, it says, this is not hockey culture. If it was, everyone would be committing sexual assault or abuse. It's some people with terrible morals that happen to be playing the game of hockey. Over half of my friends and their children play hockey, including myself, and I assure you, it's not the culture of hockey. And so this is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. There's there's on the text line already, people are saying, look, there's hockey that we know that happens in Saskatchewan, and then there's the NHL and more elite levels of hockey, and this is not necessarily associated. No, some people would argue. 
And we're happy to have this conversation. one 332 8255 The phone lines are open. When we come back after the uh, the bottom of the hour, we're going to take a quick break for the news. But when we come back, we'll talk about this, more of your thoughts and phone calls. Brandon University did some research looking at hockey culture, and they came up with a few points, things that they think contribute to some of the challenges that we see. Of course, Hockey Canada has basically tried to, attempted to go through a complete rebrand since these five elite players from the 2018 Canadian World Junior Team were charged with sexual assault. This has been a long process, about six years in the making. There was initial allegations that were investigated and the file was closed with no charges. Then there was a civil suit where Hockey Canada settled for millions of dollars out of court, which raised a lot of eyebrows and makes you wonder about the culture and what is being hidden essentially in there. And then from there, from there, we go into this link between hockey, hockey culture. And I mean, I'm a guy and I've made very open statements about this. I love the game of hockey. I'm born and raised in the province of Saskatchewan. I've spent a lot of time in hockey rinks. I continue to love it into my adult life. I don't play hockey anymore, but I certainly enjoy it. I've got friends whose kids play hockey. We go out and watch games all the time. And so, you know, some people are suggesting this isn't just hockey. This is sport in general. And others are saying this is indicative of society and the problems we see in society. I'd love to know what you have to say on this topic. 1-877-332-8255. When we come back, your thoughts, your comments, your phone calls, we'll continue to discuss. The question is, do you think hockey in Canada needs a culture change? Your thoughts next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, good morning and welcome to Tuesday. Following the long weekend, the kids off school for a week. The February break is on, which usually means a pretty much a break in lots of activity. Some some sporting events still happening, but this is a time when a lot of people like to travel, spend some time with their family. In fact, we see a lot of people taking holidays this week so that they can be off at the same time the kids are off. And one of the big things this time of the year that Keeps people busy as hockey, and we're talking about that this morning in the context, of course, of those five players from the World Junior Canadian team from 2018 that were charged with sexual assault. We just had psychiatrist Dr. Ariel Dalfin on to talk a bit about that and ultimately about hockey culture. Is is hockey culture a problem? People on the text line are weighing in already saying, you know, there's lots of problems in other sports. And this, you know, this is, I find myself being defensive and I can't even tell you why other than I love the game of hockey. I love what it has given me in my life of the opportunities that I've had. I still am very involved at the rinks. I have friends with children who play hockey and I go to lots of hockey games in the year. And so I find myself defensive of the game of hockey but frustrated with sometimes the stories that we hear that come out. And I mean, they are the exceptions. There's no doubt about that. And I would like to hear from you. one 332 8255 We're asking the question today, do you think hockey in Canada needs a culture change? Darren in Saskatoon is on the line. Thanks for calling in, Darren. What are your thoughts? Wow. The person you interviewed, well, she has an agenda. And why you feel like you are being defensive is because she just attacked hockey 
she attacked the players of hockey, the coaches of hockey. It, it, it sounded like to me that she had an incident where she was possibly sexually assaulted by a hockey player when she was young and can't let it go. Mm-hmm. As a parent, when you sit down with your kids, she she basically discussed it like they're already been proven guilty. First of all, they've been charged. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to talk to your children, the first thing you talk to them about is they've been charged. It has not been proven. Now, if it is proven, I'm not trying to defend these players. If it is proven, well, then the conversation changes. Off the start, they're innocent until proven guilty. Second point I'd like to make is they were 18-year-old boys. These Me? weren't men. These weren't leaders of a country. They were 18-year-old boys. And for her to say that they were feeling like they were above the law? Really? Mm-hmm. Holy crap, woman. Get off your pedestal. So These the- were 18-year-old boys that made a mistake. And people make mistakes. And these young hockey players are people, and she didn't even touch that. So the and and I hear what you're saying. At one time, I was going to step in, and she actually threw out the word allegedly. So I, I let her keep going because you're right; they haven't been proven guilty. They've been charged, so there were reasonable grounds to believe. But at this point, hasn't been proven in court. She did throw out the alleged uh, as she was talking there. But does this speak to? Um, you know, I mean, because of the way I, I said it on myself, the way I'm reacting to this discussion, I'm finding myself being defensive of hockey. I certainly had nothing but positive experiences in my life being raised in Saskatchewan, around hockey in Saskatchewan. Is there room, do you think, Darren, for or is there need for a, for a shift in the culture? I don't think, I mean, we're talking again about a, a single incident. If we were having this report come out once a month, maybe we could have a conversation. There's been reports like, you know, Brandon University, one of the, the documents I've got in front of me, they did a they did a whole research on exposing hockey culture and, and talked about, you know, how people are and you know, this goes back to play through the pain. Um, you know, you've gotta you gotta fight through you know, and there's there's been professional hockey players that have been interviewed that talk about alcohol and drug drug use or abuse. So we're not talking about, you know, 11-year-olds. We're talking about once you get up into the more elite hockey, you know, is there something that happens there that that creates this? And I'm, you know, I'm not challenging you on this, Darren. I'm just, these are the things that we're trying to work through on this topic. Well, absolutely. And those boys, they're being groomed for a professional career. We are not allowed to, you know, say, gee, I don't feel well, I'm not going to play today. Mm-hmm. But again, put it to another occupation. Let's take ho- hockey out of, out, of the, uh, out of the agenda here. You grew up on a farm. I somewhat grew up on a farm. And when you fell over and you cut your hand or you smashed your thumb with a finger or your finger with a hammer, what did your father or grandfather tell you? Shake it off. Shake <laughs> it off. It's far away from your heart. Throw some dirt on it. Let's go. Yeah. Right? You're well, right. How is, that, how is that any different? When at 12 years old, I'm driving a combine, and at 14, I'm having a beer with the guys because we had a good harvest. How is that any different? And, that, and you know, those are, the, I mean, all of those points, Darren, make, make sense to me. I think about, I was refing hockey as, as at the same time as I was playing in my, you know, I would say from about age 11 to about age 15. And then I stopped playing and just continued to referee hockey after that. But I would finish a game, a hockey game, senior game in Belcaris, and they would let the refs would go in and sit with the guy, the players after the game, sit around and they'd be having a beer. I don't think I did at 15, but I can't say I never did. Right. I mean, those, and that's, that's, you know, I guess some would argue maybe that's 
a bad thing, obviously. You but but some would also argue that's that's hockey in a small town. And this is the conversation. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Appreciate the calls coming in, Neil in Saskatoon. We're asking the question, Neil. Do you think hockey in Canada needs a culture change? What do you think? Uh, not the hockey, but the groupies. The groupies that uh, uh, complete—they they just flaunt themselves onto these hockey players and will do anything for these hockey players. And then all of a sudden they get, "Oops, maybe I did too much. Now I want to sue them and get a whole bunch of money." Uh, when Hunter was going to bring in, or tried to bring in the St. Louis Blues. I phoned in to Roy Norris, who was the commentator at that time, and I said that there wasn't, Saskatoon was such a small area, there wasn't even enough groupies to uh, satisfy the NHL teams and league. And it's too bad that that is the way it is. Now, it, do you, how should it be changed? Yes, it should be. How do you change it? First of all, you tell these girls... Quit being groupies. But, but, Neil, there, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta challenge you a little bit and say, we can't blame, right? We've got a, we've got a female in Canada who claimed that she was sexually assaulted and they found enough evidence to charge five people on it. So I, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we can blame the gals. Right. Make, make this a conversation about whose fault it is. This is a, this is a discussion about culture and the culture of, I mean, let's call it society, any of these things. And, and my, my previous caller, Darren said that. I mean, you can substitute the word hockey, put in police if you want. Right. Talk about does culture need to change in policing? I would argue it does. It is in a constant state of change, and we've made great strides, I would say, in policing, but we're not where we need to be. And I would suggest hockey is the same. I would suggest that there is, there's room for important conversations about mutual respect, about, um, you know, speaking your mind, if something's bothering you or if it doesn't feel right, if being comfortable enough to speak up. And, you know, this is, this goes well outside the realm of sexual abuse. I mean, that's what we're talking about because we have five players charged with it. But, you know, and I was critical of the NHL when those five players took leaves that the NHL didn't come out and distance themselves from those players and say, we're suspending them. Gary Bettman came out and said, they've taken leaves. No further action is needed by the NHL. Now, if if they're proven not guilty in court, the NHL can make the decision to bring them back. But to me, that's part of the protection that's being provided potentially to five players charged with sexual assault. So I respectfully disagree, Neil, in that I, I don't think we, we're in a place where we want to blame the girls for the, you know, the, if you, if we're saying there's a masculinity problem in hockey, um, I think we need to, I think we need to find a way to deal with that. 1-877-332-8255. The text line's been going strong on this too. Lots of people. Dean, for example, in Alameda says, this has been a problem across all activities and industries. And he even says, if there was a radio host charged with a sexual assault, does that mean there's a culture around radio hosts that need to change? 
I've played hockey my whole life. I've coached for over 15 years. The main thing we teach kids is how to be good people, sportsmanship, honor, humility. Yes, there's bad people everywhere, and it sickens me that everyone, especially males in hockey, are all bad because of a few horrible people. And, you know, I think that is fair to say. And we can say that for professions. We can say it for communities. We can say it for sports. There are, you can't paint everyone with the same brush. I used to, I used to preach from that pulpit in policing, you know, something terrible happens in Minneapolis, Minnesota, south of the border. And all of a sudden every cop in Canada is hated. And we have to be able to step back and say, hang on a second. Yes, that was bad. That was tragic. That was murder that happened down there with George Floyd. But that doesn't mean that what is happening with police in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, or the RCMP in Saskatchewan is anyway indicative of that. And that, that, that's really what I feel like we're hearing from our callers and our texters today. one 332 8255 We'll take a quick break. We'll, we'll come back, and I'd love to, uh, to hear your thoughts. The phone line's open for you. Lots of text still coming in. one 332 8255 The question is, do you think hockey in Canada needs a culture change? More on this when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Evan Bray. The conversation today around culture and hockey and whether or not hockey in Canada needs a culture change. Some <laughs> some calls that have been getting a lot of reaction. People are texting in, taking great exception to uh, a couple of comments that were made through our calls. Of course, um, we had one caller that talked about the groupies being part of the problem. I had to challenge him on that. I don't feel like that's... Uh, at at any way a fair comment to make and a lot of you are agreeing with me cameron and regina kayla in saskatoon talking about we can't be victim blaming right at the end of the day this is this is a mind shift that needs to happen in terms of you know someone who commits an offense of sexual assault or i guess any sort of a of a culture-based problem it's that sense of entitlement that comes with it a lot of people taking exception to the fact too that we had a caller that talked about these were 18 year old boys people pointing out if you're 18 you're considered an adult by the way 18 year olds that want to play hockey in the nhl they want to go on to that next level of hockey and what comes with that in terms of responsibility is something that should be on their mind. If, if you get a chance to check out, Brandon University did research the connection basically exposing culture from within when it comes to hockey. And they talk, they talk to high-level, elite-level hockey players, junior A or higher, that basically had played the game at a very high level, and all of them adults, and there were some interesting things brought out there, but generally speaking, the participants were not only willing to show critically where change needed to happen, but they were all, without exception, protective of the game of hockey, wanted to ensure that the game wasn't slandered. And that's what I'm talking about. That's the conflict that I'm going, I have inside of me right now as we're having this conversation. All right. I got time for a couple of more calls. I'm going to go to Herb in Saskatoon. Thanks for calling in. Herb, what do you think? Does hockey in Canada need a culture change? Well, that's exactly my point, Evan. Um, 100%. Uh, I think uh, all sport, uh, whether it be hockey, football, uh, golf, whatever. Um, I think at a certain level, do we have the programming um, where as, as uh, parents and 
coaches and you know, GMs will sit, you know, sit these kids down as they enter the fray and say, listen, this is how you need to um, protect yourself. You know, when you're going up to these levels and you're talking about big money contracts that are, that are forthcoming, um, or you're talking about a celebrity status, you know, can these kids negotiate um, their careers through their teen years with all that going on? It's a distraction, and I mean, we see we see lots do. In fact, I would suggest most do, but there are exceptions to the rule. And you know, Herb's point is it's it's not just hockey; it, it's bigger than that. I got time for one more call. Todd is on the road today. What are your thoughts? Do we need to find some way to change the hockey culture in Canada, Todd? Well, Evan, I first would say if I say something dumb, I hope you challenge me like you did one of those callers and. My wife is beside me, and she will for sure. So, you know, <laughs> well, I couldn't I, let it go, Todd. I couldn't let it no, go. No, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I've been blessed to be involved with the game for probably, I don't know, 55 years with hundreds of people, you know, coaching, playing. And, you know, without question, for the most part, people are awesome and they're great. It, it's when incidents come up and people don't do anything about them. And, and, I, and I look for, and I use the word diversity and inclusion because the more diversity we have in sport and, and, and in the world and more and more inclusive we are the better it'll be and, and, I, and I hearken back to my mom and my mom's not with us anymore but she dealt with some really tough things that needed to be addressed that you know she she would go down there and kick doors down when things were wrong and we, we all know the difference between right and wrong and I think that's what has to be in society more that people know what the difference is and when you see something wrong you know, challenge it, and, and and don't paint everybody with the same with the same brush. Because, like I said, hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of people that I've been involved with, and I'm glad that you're defending the game because it's not, it's not all hockey; it's society in general. And you know, um, when you have more women involved in the sport, when you have more people of diversity and inclusion involved, and that will speak up when they see things. That, that will make the game of hockey better. That's, that's a, I mean, I think that's a great principle generally. It doesn't matter if it's a workplace. Um, when you have that inclusion of different people from different backgrounds, it, it automatically holds one another accountable. It's a good way to, to end the conversation because we've run out of time. Todd, thanks for calling in. This conversation is one I'm sure we will continue. In fact, we've got another guest joining us tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll further have this conversation around the challenges that we're seeing unfold in Hockey Canada and whether or not that translates to hockey right here in Saskatchewan and our province. All right, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk shelters, emergency shelters in Saskatoon when we come back right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.